are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. Because I, I lose them all over. It's like chapstick. I have a million, not a million, that's an exaggeration. I have 200 bliss texts. <laughs> a million Mark buys them all at Christmas time, and I have a friend at work who buys them all at Christmas time. So they're out of the stores you in Columbiana, and I have all of them. <laughs> and they're everywhere until I don't have one. And I'm going to have to buy cheaters that are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we should keep like a little pair in here for you. I know. You can like have a, like a little closet. Just a little prescription ones at Walgreens or whatever. Oh yes. <laughs> Grandma ones. What are we talking about today? Well, that's up to you. Tell me <laughs> what's off limits. You can get into stuff if you want to. Okay. I mean, I've I have a history, <laughs> but I don't really yeah. know about that. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about. Christian the other day, he's like, you've led a couple lives, haven't you? He's like, this is a different one for you with me. I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, like, yeah. led different lives. It's okay. But I think and that's so this interesting. This is my favorite one, you know? So they all were meaningful in different way. You guys ask whatever. Woo! Get coffee and water. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. Oh, jump right in. Hello. It's Eliza. It's Catherine. And we are graced with the presence of Mrs. Laura Halford today. Yeah. Welcome, Laura. <laughs> Thank you. So glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. Laura was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio. She was homeschooled most of her life, but graduated from Real Life Christian Academy. Her mom, Kathy Holm, who is Chris Holm's mom and Laura's mom and Luke's mom, homeschooled them. So they're super smart because of Kathy. <laughs> She's currently... She's smart. <laughs> yeah, and creative. She's currently a kitchen manager and head baker at Homestead. So if you go to Homestead... Make sure you ask for the dessert menu. Creme brulee last night. Ooh. Did it you? was delicious. Nice. So good. <laughs> and she tells us there's some new things in the works there. There are. Did we get a preview, a sneak peek today? Yeah. So Sundog next to Homestead, they're closing on the 17th and we're buying it. And we're opening up a little cafe bakery over there. So I am going to be baker over there too. Oh, both places? Gonna be bacon. bacon well, bacon, I will be probably giving up the kitchen manager position. Somebody else will take over that, and then I'll do the baking. I'm looking forward to it though, because I've always wanted to open a bakery. It's gonna be a lot of like things that people can go in and, and get desserts, and then we're also gonna do like coffees and to go meals Ooh, that's and so stuff exciting. like that. Does it have a name? Not yet. It's really just all in the works still. It's all kind of out there and we're still figuring it out. All right. Well, that is something for <laughs> all of us Colombianians to yeah. look forward to. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I dream about dessert. So that's me. You know, I'm always just like, oh. That's amazing. <laughs> She's the happy baker. Yeah, I am. I love to bake. She's also been trained and worked as an STNA. A winery manager, a restaurant manager, a bakery manager. She's been married to her sweet darling husband, mm -hmm. Charles Christian Halford, since New Year's Day 2019. Mm -hmm. Christian is going to be on our podcast in a couple of weeks. so <laughs> I love that. We get to hear all about him as well. They have two cats, Gary and Floyd. 
Mm-hmm. Laura spent five years in college for nursing, but she has no degree and lots of regret. Oh, do you want to talk about that? <laughs> it was just in the midst of a messy divorce and a messy head, honestly. Oh. <laughs> Made some bad decisions, some bad choices during that time. And by the grace of God, I somehow got through it, though. That's a lot yeah. of nursing training. So if you're if you're kind of hurt, you could go and ask for advice, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do know a lot about nursing. I, yeah, that was a, a time of remorse in certain things. Yeah. Well, God does not waste anything no. in your wilderness, so... I do yeah. believe that he can redeem all of that. I found out so much about myself, though, in those 10 years who I was. You know, I think that stepping mm-hmm. away from what I was told to do and what I did really was a huge step in learning who I was. You know, like mm-hmm. those 10 years were a huge blessing to me. I got to learn so many things about who I was and just the blessings of God through the midst of divorce and cheating and not graduating college. You know, it just was... Thank goodness I'm where I am today. That's amazing. Ooh. <laughs> Just jump right in. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Laura is also super creative. She comes from the home family. They're all very creative, but she does embroidery art, weaving, textile crafts, growing plants, collecting art. And again, she's a star baker. She started going to the upper room in 1984 when she was in first grade with her family. That's when they met at Joshua Dixon Elementary. Mm-hmm. That's when I started going when yeah. we were at Joshua Dixon. She's lived her life at the upper room. She's been a youth leader, a Sunday school teacher, office assistant. She's gone on two mission trips to Mexico. She was a worship team singer. Gosh, what else have you not done? She makes coffee for us on Sundays. Oh, yeah. We love that about Laura and the coffee team. Way to go. Thank you for doing that. Mm. And she's also currently the office manager for our church. She does a lot of the administration work with Greg behind the scenes. That's awesome. She left the church in 2008 and started back in 2019. She lived in Fort Worth, Texas for 10 years and has come home recently with Christian and we're happy to have her back in Columbianas. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Big old history. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. I love that, though. So tell us, Laura, now we know you were raised in the church, and if you've listened to our podcast, Kate and I have talked about being raised in a church and our journey on that, but who or what turned your light on, or maybe your light, you feel like it was flickering and it's been on and off and on and off, like Kate and I, but tell us about that part of your life. So the first I remember was my mom was the one that brought me to Christ. She watched 700 Club, and I remember her sitting on the living room floor giving her life to Christ one day. I remember watching her do it. You know, I was about three or four, I think. And um, she just really felt, I think, to instill it in us too at that age. And she talked to me about it. And I remember understanding. And I remember asking Jesus into my heart with her. Maybe, I I don't think it was that day. I mean, it's all kind of fuzzy back then. But we sat in the living room, I remember. And the way she explained it to me was that Jesus would come into me, into my heart and in my body and would be a part of me. So when I was three, I thought that he was in me, you know, like to me, that was, he was there always. So at three, I I think I got it, you know, and I've always been close to Christ and always been a part of the church. I was really into um, church and high school and stuff too, was surrounded by Christians my whole life. I feel like I've always been in that place of being surrounded by 
church and family. And another person that really instilled a lot in me was my grandpa Wellman. He instilled a cultivation of always being present. Just mm-hmm. He was always such a mm-hmm. giver. He just wanted to give his time. He wanted to give his love. And, and mom was that way too. So I think that just between the two of them, they really helped me to follow Christ and, and mm-hmm. see that selflessness, that humility, that they're such good people. <laughs> you know, I just feel like I really was blessed to grow up in this family and, and this area. Did you feel like there was a time in your life where you rejected what your family taught you? Or tell us about that, the journey between like high school and where you are now. Yeah, because I was always in church, in a Christian school, in all of these things that I just always accepted it, and I always knew it to be true. However, I think that it was just, when you do it, it becomes part of you, but you don't always see the acceptance of it. I don't think that until later on that Jesus became a true friend to me and a true, true confidant, you know? Mm. And I think that probably happened when I was away and when I stepped away from stuff, I started looking into it and finding out who Jesus was and finding out the realness of just what it meant to be a Christian, you know, and just to follow him. And so I think that during that time of just being away from home and, you know, kind of stepping aside from what I've always known really showed me. I did go to church in Fort Worth, too. There was a really great church we went to once I met Christian, and uh, they were so good and just seeing another side of it, because I think I've always been at the upper room too, you know, to see another church, to see another angle of things was really a huge thing for me too. So do you feel like that there was someone who walked with you in that part of your journey? Did you find someone step up and kind of? I did. Yeah. Because when I first went to the church, Christian was on the worship team, you know, so I've always, I think, been in church where my significant others either been on the worship team or somewhere. So, you know, I never get to sit with them. And so I, when he was playing keyboards there, I had a couple older ladies that really clung to me. Mm. I actually made coffee there with one of them. Her name was Marilyn. And she just uh, really was, um, took me under her wing and such just a motherly figure to me there. You know, I didn't have mom with me or anything. So it was It was difficult being by myself with no family around. There wasn't any like specific moment or anything that I remember. It just really felt like I was understanding at that point, I guess, in my mind. I I go through a lot of stuff with my decisions being in my head, not my heart sometimes. Mm. So I felt like just in my head and my heart that Jesus was just who he was. And I was waiting for you. Yeah, he was waiting for me. He was there all along. I always knew it, you know. He's always been my confidant, but I just stepped away from him. I just didn't talk to him. I just, I felt like I didn't deserve it at a certain point in my life. Can we talk about that, though? Because I feel like it's really important to say that we get into these moments or points in our lives where we make a mistake, or we make a certain decision where we feel like kind of created something that breaks the relationship with Jesus. And so it's hard to get it back really did. I felt like, and I knew that it wasn't right. You know, I knew that God loved me for who I was and would forgive me, but I just was so far, I think, in certain aspects that I just needed that push from somebody. So you felt like it was kind of bring me back around. Church or Marilyn that kind of pushed that back? Or yeah, was there an experience I that think you had so. where you're like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be? I just kind of felt like I was just so far gone for a while there that it was going to take a lot to come back. When I met Christian and we started going to church and stuff, I really, after those years of not going to church and not being with the Lord as much as I wanted, I really found it. I love that. This is such an example of I'm sure your family 
were praying for you oh my goodness during that time mom was constantly telling me to move home and she was <laughs> i wanted to honestly <laughs> trying to try and so so I made it so if you're out there listening and you have a loved one a family member that you feel <laughs> like has gone astray and gone away keep praying laura is such mm -hmm. an example of prayers of a mother and a family that were fervently praying for her and sometimes it doesn't happen in a week or a month or even a year when we want things to happen or to shift around but laura's journey away was for 10 years and i know kathy was praying and family was praying the whole time for her and so we just want to encourage you that if you have someone in your life like that, keep praying for them. Mm -hmm. Those prayers matter and they make a difference. And Laura's proof of that. Absolutely. 100% agree. She was always praying. And, and I know everybody was, you know, just friends and everybody would reach out. Do you think it was more yourself kept yourself away, even though you knew that's probably not where you should be or what you should be doing? Was it the thought that I can't come back? It was some of that. I think it was the thought I can't come back because I really screwed up. And then there was the other, I'm just stubborn and I'm going to stick with it. This, I want to make um, this work. Yeah. I'm a big girl. I can do it. You know, like I'll figure it out on my own. <laughs> but in a way. I feel like in a way it was both. It, it was worked both. Out. Like you did it worked work out. it out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> it was <laughs> it was hard. I knew I wasn't doing the right thing. I knew I needed to come back. I waited too long, but I found it. So that's mm -hmm. all that matters, I guess. What have you discovered about Jesus the second time around that maybe you didn't know personally the first time around? I think that God intimately just loves me. It doesn't matter what you do, where you go, things that you do. I mean, yeah, we're on this earth. We have sinful natures. I think that just going through those things, God knows that you need to sometimes go through those things to find out. And he's just going to always love you. You know, like he's always been there for me. He's always been waiting for me, and he's always loved me. So I just know that inherently now. That's really important to me. He's my best friend. I can honestly say that. So I think that that's what's turned into it is a friendship instead of just like this figure of authority. <laughs> um, it's turned into plain to see, just a very loving father to me. The story in Luke, I think it's Luke 15, about parable of the two sons where the father is waiting and runs and greets the son that left. It's mm -hmm. such a beautiful picture of how God feels about us and that he is looking for us and waiting for us to come back, welcomes us with open arms. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Yeah. I don't know if you ever listened to Keith Green. Did you ever listen to mm -hmm. him? The Prodigal Son. I think that's one of the most beautiful <clears throat> songs about that. And he comes back to him and really shows it in, in song and form. So Laura, tell us what lights you up? What lights me up? Other people do. I'd say that what lights me up is passion for others that don't know Christ. I work in the place where most of them are not Christians, and I feel like I've turned into a figure of someone they can trust and get to know and hopefully get the chance to talk to them about Christ and show them that in the workplace, I'm very calm. So a lot of people are like, just go to Laura. If you need something, she'll take care of it. You know, so I think that a lot of people see me as a calm person, somebody that has it all together. I don't, but um, <laughs> so I think that that's really great to have, though, so that they can come to me and confide in me. And most of them do because I've been able to cultivate friendships and, and be a calming presence for them because I think that 
I just see so much anxiety and stress and so many mental things that get to people at work now these days are just so hard. I think that also another thing that really lights me up is mental illness. Stigmatism is just a... My husband suffers with mental illness, so I think that it's really important for me to light up the world about mental illness and knowing about that too. I mean, I think everybody struggles with something and it's hard to come out with it. I think that we need to be more open and receiving of mental illness. Yeah, those are what light me up, I think. I feel like Greg has even talked about that multiple times about Mm -hmm. how important it is, not only across the board, but specifically now where we are at in the world and in the U.S. with a year into COVID and what that does or has done to people's mental faculties, Mm -hmm. mental health in general. Yeah. I like the way that Greg puts it. You know, we would have no problem going to someone and saying, my leg's broken. This needs worked on and fixed. Can we, can you please give me help? Yeah. Or even wearing glasses. Like, I can't see. So get some glasses, get a Mm -hmm. prescription. (laughs) We can help with that. Exactly. But But it's such a hidden... You're right. There's such a stigma attached to what we can't see. If There's something going on in our heads where we're not as willing to say, my head hurts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, my thoughts hurt. Yeah. (laughs) My mental state is an issue. Absolutely. Uh, How important it is to people's daily lives to be finding a place of mental health and... Stability. Stability and that the stigma needs to go. I I mean, even this year, I started to develop anxiety, and I've never had anxiety. I've never really dealt with anything mentally struggling-wise. And yeah, I talked to my doctor. I mean, you know, just even like start taking medicine for it. But I never thought I would have to even do something like that. But the anxiety of just everything was overwhelming. So it's there. It's real. And I think sometimes even in the church, it's even more intimidating sometimes because we'll say Jesus is the answer. He's and the healer. He is. He, he is, is. He is the answer and he is the healer. And we do go to Jesus in the midst of that. There's an aspect, though, that we go to find help alongside of prayer having conversations about it. You know, God created, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the idea that he heals two ways. He can heal supernaturally, but he also heals and works in his creation, which is doctors mm-hmm. and nurses and surgeons, medication. All of those things have been created. Counselors, to- therapists. Mm-hmm. Right. All of those are present to help us. Right. They're all avenues of healing. So sometimes just at the moment, it doesn't work one way. Sometimes we need to see that doctor. We need to go. We need to confide in somebody. We have to have an accountable partner that checks in with us every day. You know, we just, it's not always just one avenue of healing. There's so many different avenues that you need to take to get healing. Well, and I think there's so many beautiful people that are struggling with it that, you know, you said take the stigma away from it, that even if there is an issue, that there's so much good and beauty and potential in all of us that we need to get past that and not let that be a block that, oh, this person's, you know, dealing with this, so they're not able to be functioning or, yeah, or able to handle. I agree. Like, my husband deals with some really major mental illnesses, but that's not him. You know, that's not what defines him. That's not what defines us. And that's not what Christ sees in us either. Every day I, I, you know, see things that he struggles with or that I struggle with too. But I know that that's not what I want to see in him or that I want to see in others. I want to see Christ. I want to see them. And I know that that's not what they're made of. 
I really think that mental illness is such an important thing and just helping people through that, stepping into their lives and stepping into that place of healing with them. In our case, in my husband and I, we don't have kids. We sometimes miss out on some things because people are a little scared about what he deals with. And we don't really get out there too much anyways, you know, with groups of families or anything. So we are often by ourselves. And it's hard to just step out when those are things are going on too. So sometimes it's nice for people to reach out to us. Likewise, for us to reach out to other people when we're having issues. That can be a struggle too, is just the fellowship of people that fully understand what's going on. Because each mental illness is also very different too. In order to know what's going on with this person, another person may have a total different thing going on. I think that starting the talk and finding out what's going on with someone and really getting to know them is is very important. And it takes being willing to open up about it, too. Yeah. If you're struggling with things, it could be mental illness, it could be difficult relationships, it could be a mm-hmm. plethora of things, but just being able to be open and honest and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life, and I could use some help, or I could use some friendship or some community. Mm-hmm. I think that is important because so often, I mean, we've had lots of people talk about this. I remember Zach talking about this, the guys come in and they're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, I know you're a hot mess. That <laughs> we good. we need to be transparent. And I don't mean not have wisdom in that, but right. there needs to be people in your life that you can trust and open up with and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm struggling with this issue, whatever it is. And being open and honest and allowing people to come into your life so they can reach out to you or they can help. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we all, not everyone, but Sometimes people are afraid to let people know that they're struggling and they want to act like they have it all together. (laughs) I was just going to say, it can be embarrassing. It's very much a kind of shame thing a little bit too, to have it, at least in some people's cases. So I think that it's really hard to put it out there for everybody to know. Yeah, I was just going to say on the other side of that, being willing to open up. There is another side of that where we as a body do need to say, hey, how are you? And hoping they will open up. Like you're saying, you need to open up and be transparent and honest. But having someone in your life to say, talk to me today. Where are you at? Mm -hmm. Well, that's one thing I love about this podcast is we get to interview so many awesome people that are sharing parts of their story that you would never get up on a Sunday morning and say, hi, I'm Laura and I'm Christian and this is what we're dealing (laughs) with. You just don't do that in church. And so people will just look at you and say, oh, they look cute. (laughs) And so I love that this podcast gives people an opportunity to say, hey, this was my experience or this is where I was. And there's people listening who are like, oh, wow, I've been through that. I've been divorced. I've had an affair. I have mental illness. I walked away from God. I think it makes people more relatable. There's people that have things in common with you that you may not know just sitting in the pews on a Sunday morning. So absolutely. I think that's so important for like small groups then too. That's you don't get the chance in church to just blast it out there, you know. So in small oh, I groups, like this. You keep can, talking. I know you love the small groups. I think that that's where you get to share your life most of all is in those moments. My issue is that like fellowship groups can work if you find the right group that you can fit mm-hmm. into. I do think sometimes you have to do a little bouncing, but but if you can get in the right one, then they work. I've been in small groups where I felt like I just really had a community of people that I could always go to before, you know, back in 
the past. I was in small groups and stuff too. And in Fort Worth, I was in a couple. I've been in some that have just been hugely life-changing and made some really great friends and been able to be transparent and open with people. So I think it's really important. Yes. It's a relationship. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I'm looking for I the agree. right one. So we're saying, if you're not in a small group, get in, get a, in, a, small get in a small group. group. Mm-hmm. And if no one invites you, of course, you're all invited because they're open, but start your own. Talk to Kate. Oh, yes. Please talk to me. <laughs> so Laura, tell us how you're intentionally letting your light shine in this season of your life. She's baking marvelous desserts. Mm. Honest, I've been so busy with work. I think that my biggest ministry is is my workplace is a ministry for me. I think that it's a passion that, I mean, I'm a workaholic, so it just fits in well for me to be able to give ministry to others around me in that way. And, and that's the passion that I have too. So just showing that love of Jesus to others when I'm out and about, I think. And for people to see who I am and what I do, I, I think that I'm always conscious of trying to be good to people and to show them the love of Jesus. I think that's probably my biggest passion right now. That's, I feel like, isn't that the goal? When we say, how are you letting your light shine? Part of the answer should always be in the dark. Yeah, in the I'm letting my light shine in the darkness. So like I'm out in the world and I am with people who don't know Jesus. I'm at work and I am letting my light shine. You know, at the upper room, it's the why of what we do. You know, why are we doing anything? Mm -hmm. Well, we're transforming lives that transform communities. To serve in church is great. You know, thank you for serving the body and loving on the body. And you do that. But the goal, the there's, why we are really doing this is... There's a ministry out in the community yes, that, that needs we're reached. transforming lives that transform the community. So mm-hmm. we're outside of the church shining our light. I just love the people I work with. I feel like they're family to me. I've been with them for years. And I just... There's so many young people that are struggling in a restaurant business. There's so many people that are young, that are learning just who they are. It can be a really messy business. I mean... High stress. In the restaurant High industry. stress. Everybody stresses. They need somebody to turn to. There's nobody to turn to. Oh, there's Laura. You know, like mm-hmm. she's, let me talk to her, you know. Or, You're like the mother there. I am a matriarch there. Haven't, um, they call me Queen Laura there. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> so it. So some of them do. I love Yeah. That. So I think that it's just been a blessing to be able to minister to other people out there and then they can take it and go from there. I think that your personal experience makes you better at that because you know how much God loved you and loves you and that you know that he loves you even when you weren't doing things the way he intended or wanted you to or, you know, what was best for you. And you felt that love. And so that's something that you've been able to take that experience. Like I said earlier, like God does not waste anything in the wilderness. And he's taken that experience for you. And you are able to show that love and acceptance and just calmness to people without judging them when they're in a questioning state. A lot of people have never been exposed to the gospel that you're able to show up with skin on and show them the gospel. I think that because of my experiences too, it can give me, you know, they're like, well, you got it all together. I'm like, I don't, you know, mm. let's talk about this. You know, <laughs> we want to know some stuff, you know, <laughs> like what have you been through? <laughs> and I can share with them what I've been through and how I got through it too, you know? So I think that they don't just see me as somebody that's always gone to church, always gotten it right. They can actually see a sinner and somebody that has done some things that they also have done. 
there's always opportunity to reach people out there. And I just, I, I love to give peace and love to people. I love this because what we believe about God and what we have experienced with God personally is going to affect all of our relationships. And it's also going to affect how we treat people in the world. So if our belief about God and our experience with him is that he was good and loving and we're forgiven, and he will walk with us even in our mistakes and sins, then we can treat people really graciously. And I just think it's interesting, sometimes in the church, we see people who don't treat other people that way. And it just makes me say, we need to work on how you believe and what your experience with God has been, because that's Mm -hmm. not it. And I like to say, you know, what's the fruit? If the fruit of your life is love and care and goodness and people turning to you and asking for help, they believe and see that you are a light or that you are safe, that's good fruit. And that shows me that the way that you believe about God and your experiences with him are relational and not religious. Agreed. And Jesus is not afraid of our messy sin. God had this plan all along because he knew we were going to mess it up. And we started messing it up with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been ever since. (laughs) And he's not afraid of our sin and our mess. And he wants what's best for us. And he wants to be our savior. And so when we get over that, that God's not afraid of our sin, I think that's when we can experience freedom and experience the love of God cleaning us up and getting us to a place where we're walking in freedom. And we are a new creation. You know, Mm -hmm. the Bible says when we accept Christ, we become a new creation and we're not trapped in our sin anymore. And even though we still do sin and it's something that, you know, continue to ask for forgiveness, he's walking with us. He is not afraid of us. And I think sometimes we get afraid of people's sin or we think it's the end of the world. We need to think like Jesus. Think about Luke 15, the prodigal son, or the parable about the lost sheep. The shepherd leaves the 99 and goes to find the one that's lost. There's stories over and over again about how Jesus wants to reach out and touch the lost and save the lost. We should be doing that as well. Absolutely. I think he's always reaching for us. He's always searching for us. He's always doing that. So to be able to be the one to be that physical for them to see that you're also reaching for them and getting to know them and intentional and present is such an important thing for people because that's such a lost thing I think that we've lost in this day and age. To be present and to really care is something that people are just dying for. You know, they just want that so much. They just eat it up, you know, for somebody to just care for them. So it's very important. My time, my question I wanted to get to the weird stuff, too. What's like the what? weird stuff? Well, she had said she had experienced some supernatural stuff, and I wanted to hear all about it. Oh, we don't yeah. have to put it in the podcast. But we do want to hear about it. So well, does everyone else. The, do, you have a random informa- <laughs> do you have a random information answer if I ask No, it? I can or I can give you that if you want. Oh, I do. I want it. I do, I do. Okay. I will, I, I will. I know, I do. <laughs> all right. Tell me, is there any – I know I've already asked for the answer, but is there any <laughs> – Is there anything that you'd like to tell us about that's interesting outside of our conversation so far? (laughs) 
if you'd like me to talk about uh, my experience with angels, I, I absolutely would. I'd be glad to. Um, when I was younger, I had some issues with bladder infections, and they kept coming and going, and they weren't going away, and I was in first grade. I went to the hospital one day with mom to get a bunch of tests done just to see what was going on with me. And I remember just being so scared. I mean, I was very young and mom just prayed the whole day. I remember her just saying, Laura, let's pray. Are you worried? Let's pray. So she just kept praying for me. I just remember the covering over me that day. And um, I went and got an x-ray at some point. And I remember laying on the table with my eyes closed and I was just holding mom's hand while the x-ray was going on because I was scared. And just how warm and comforting it was. After the x-ray, I thanked her for holding my hand because I was scared. She said, honey, I wasn't there. Nobody was, I had to stand behind the wall because of the x-ray. You're, nobody's allowed to be in there with you. I'm like, but you were holding my hand. And I knew it, you know. It's like, honey, that wasn't me. That was an angel. So it just was so real. It really was. I don't know if I've ever That's told amazing. you that story. I've never heard that no? story. No. <laughs> I've had dreams about angels in the house coming downstairs at night, things like that, in the old log house we used to live in. I've had some – I know that there's angels out there. Oh, my goodness. There's so much that I, I keep saying. We need to talk about this. Let's talk about <laughs> mental health stigma, please. It's so important. Fellowship groups, please join a fellowship group. Again, I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so important and this is so good because I think we can go through our days and lives without talking about what's happening in the supernatural, that there is completely and totally a supernatural realm mm -hmm. that involves itself with us. I know in the U.S. it's not a huge topic or belief no. that, that that is a thing. It's there. It's real. Actually, when Rich was talking on Sunday, he spoke about Jesus and cleansing and sitting with him and enjoying him as a friend. Mm -hmm. And it was so similar to the vision that I had with Jesus one time, and it was in high school, but I remember having a vision of walking with Jesus, holding his hand. He made me laugh. He picked me flowers. He took all these dirty things off of me, threw them away. He took messes off of me. Hmm. He just, he saw them and he just took them. We went to a waterfall and he swam in it and I watched him and I laughed. I mean, it was just this incredible vision. And it was, I think that was like a really defining moment for me. Hmm. To see Jesus as a friend back then, and it was just so special. Like it was Jesus, you know. He he held my hand. He made me laugh. He was my friend. Pretty powerful stuff. Stuff that you know is true. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't deny that there's something really there. I'm about to change question number four. <laughs> what are you going to say? Gonna just make everyone's random information now be like, how did God talk yeah, to you? Tell me about your tell me supernatural. About you. <laughs> how did God show Himself to you? I love that. <laughs> well, Laura, we really appreciate you coming on and being so open and honest and willing to be transparent about mm -hmm. your life and the struggles that you've gone through. And it's such a beautiful picture of what God does for us, that he loves us and he wants us to be free and he's all about redemption. So we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And if you're out there listening and you can relate to some of the things that Laura shared, just know that Jesus loves you. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. <laughs> and there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more. And there's nothing that you can do to make him love you less. And so he's waiting there for you. And sometimes you just have to turn around and say, Jesus, I want you and I need you and I need saved from this mess because he'll do it. So amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. 
Thanks for listening. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.